Hello, it is Thursday, August 11th at uh, one o'clock Eastern time, and this is Marketing Live. I am your host, Amy Jorgensen. On today's live broadcast, we're talking about nailing Pinterest. It's not all wedding dresses and desserts. Exactly. Marketing Live is a part of a higher ed live network, offering viewers direct access to the best and brightest minds in education. Live broadcasts allow viewers to share knowledge and participate in discussions around the most important issues in the industry. Today's live viewing experience is powered by Maestro, the premier marketing tech platform for broadcasters. All episodes of Marketing Live are free and accessible in the video archives at higheredlive.com and in podcast format on iTunes. Higher Ed Live is produced by M. Stoner, a marketing and communications firm that works with education institutions on branding, strategy, web design, and more. Join M. Stoner on August 12th for the latest webinar, A Tale of Two Ink Destinies. Understand the details of the print process. If you're a marketing communications professional responsible for creating or influencing print communications, you won't want to miss this session. We're trading out a link where you can learn more and register right now on uh, Twitter dash Higher Ed Live. So I'd like to welcome our guest today, Jackie Vatrano. Welcome, Jackie. Hi, thank you. We're so excited to have you here. Now, she is an expert when it comes to Pinterest, and I'm so excited that we get to get all of your information <laughs> today. So, yeah. um, so I just I, I was actually talking to her about this before that uh, she's presenting at Higher Ed uh, Web in October, and I saw her presentation. I was like, we've got to talk to her and bring her on Higher Ed Live. So, thank you. I appreciate the compliment. Thank you, Amy. So um, anyone who is watching along, please do not hesitate to ask questions at any time using hashtag HigherEdLive on Twitter. And I'll do my best to ask them uh, to Jackie as they come in. Yeah. So let's dive in. Are there any strategies that we can implement before we start on a project? Yes, oh my gosh. Well, I'm sure there's everybody has their own way of starting a project, but I always think about the cliche, or I guess it's pretty common in the marketing world, of goals before tools. Thinking about what you need to establish, what you want to do or achieve, and then how are you going to do that, and what tools are you going to use. Um, I think all of us, especially who work in social media marketing, I'm here at Skidmore as the social media coordinator, we see something new happening, like Instagram stories just came up, and you instantly think, I have to be on it because it's new and shiny, and I don't want to fall behind. I don't want all these other colleges you know, to jump onto this fad. But it's really important to take a minute and think about why and how you're going to maintain this account before you actually jump in. Because I always say quality over quantity. You don't want 100 different accounts where you can't dedicate your time to all of them and then they're all pretty weak. Whereas you could really focus, let's say, just on Facebook and Twitter instead and make those really robust and powerful um, and achieving those goals that you set out originally. Um, so for example, here at Skidmore, our goals are to increase general awareness, pretty much you know, getting Skidmore's name out there, um, connecting to our larger Saratoga community, but then also ultimately getting our engagers on social media back to our skidmore.edu website. And so we thought about the, the why. We said, okay, you know, Pinterest can really achieve this. But then thinking about the how. And it really is what I've learned the most with using Pinterest and, and really diving in is that it actually does take a lot of time. Um, Pinterest, even though it kind of gets clumped into the social media family, isn't really a social media platform. Um, it's really more of a search tool um, that folks can use. It does have some back and forth interaction in terms of commenting and repinning, but it really does involve its own strategy um, and a lot of time. 
and there are some tools that can help you with that. Um, there's some scheduling tools, which I can talk about down the road, um, but that you know might not be in your budget, um, which is totally understandable. It happens to all of us all the time. Um, so Pinterest is a good opportunity for you to develop a new strategy. Um, if you're a social media manager, if you use social media in your department, um, but it's also a good opportunity if you have those student workers at your disposal for them to practice SEO writing um, because Pinterest is all about SEO, which is something that you'll learn very quickly um, as you start to use the platform. Um, but if you realize that you don't have the time, but you still want to invest in Pinterest, um, you can look to, like I said, your student workers, but across your campus community. Um, it may sound odd that you want to connect with Residence Life or the Career Development Center um, or even your dining hall, but those people in those departments can actually give you um, some great content to work with um, and you can start to build those bridges because as a social media marketer I need those bridges um, when it comes to showcasing what Skidmore is all about. That's so smart so that way it's not all one person's responsibility it's right. everything together and it gives more credibility because I, I know at work, uh, universities I've worked at where I was working in a small department it gives my posts more credibility if I'm using the May University account so that's awesome. Right. Yeah and it kind of helps once you build those bridges it helps those random pop-up accounts um, you know maybe you're your swim team, maybe they decided to make an Instagram but didn't post anything ever on it. Um, you know, that's not showcasing them in the best light. So if you build that bridge with athletics, um, you know, beforehand, maybe they'll think, oh, I should go to Jackie because we have these great photos and we want them posted. And that's just going to give you more content. So yeah, build those bridges and make those connections. Um, it's really, really important across campus. Good call. So is Pinterest really more for like, just weddings or, you know, how can education fit into that space? Yes. So you might not realize there is more than just wedding dresses and recipes on Pinterest if you don't take the time to search through it. But just even if you take one thing away from this today, go look at what's on Pinterest. Um, break down that stereotype that you have in your brain about what it is, um, because really it has evolved beyond its, its cliche. Um, according to Sprout Social, they actually put out a report, um, over one third of Pinterest users are men. So we'll just start there. What? Breaking stereotypes, right? Like everyone's like, well, you're not, like you're a girl, you must know Pinterest. Like, <laughs> the case, right? So our men are using Pinterest, they are on Pinterest. Um, they're obviously not the overwhelming majority, but they are um, on there. And that number actually doubled from 2014. So you can see that, yes, they're not the majority, they're not 15%, but they're moving in pretty quickly. They're starting to understand. And I feel like once one guy does it, you know, then all of his friends are going to jump in, right? Um, and according to actually Pinterest put out their report too, they say that um, more men use Pinterest than read Sports Illustrated and GQ combined. So that is something to think about too. Where are, you know, our men, where are they? If you're trying to actually uh, recruit more men to your campus, you know, this might be the way to do it um, by focusing on what would appeal to them. So I have to wonder, does that apply to the swimsuit issue? They didn't get specific, so I don't know how they <laughs> determined yeah. that. I have to agree. Um, you know, like it's it's an interesting fact to think about how many of those men are reading these magazines versus sitting on basically the search engine um, looking for things that they need. Um, and when we think about higher education and fitting in, I, you know, thinking about admissions and enrollment, 
nearly a third of millennials are on Pinterest to plan out their future. You know, they want to start thinking about college. They want to think about those next steps. They're thinking about budgeting. They're thinking about a job and internship opportunities. Um, and three quarters of those students are on are using it exclusively on mobile, um, which is unsurprising, I will say, um, considering that it's 2016. Yeah. And really, in terms of your age breakdown, we're going to get a pretty similar trend to who is on the internet. So of course, our millennials, our younger generations, because they're on the internet, they're exposed to Pinterest and its power, um, they're already going to be there. And so um, we think about, like I said, that stereotype of, well, it's only wedding dresses, you know, it's, it's your wedding, how to plan the wedding, and here's some photography that you can do for your engagement photos, and here's some recipes, and if you're like me, you get all the workouts um, all the time. But really, if you look at Pinterest, they have what's called a category. Um, and basically, it's just a very broad way to uh, categorize what's on Pinterest. And they have things like do-it-yourself, um, photography, which can be all things, not just wedding photos. <laughs> um, they have a whole geek category, which speaks to I me love very category. closely, right? And awesome. so they have like a tattoo category. Um, I know they have a humor and history category. Like it's so much more than just these wedding dresses. And really, honestly, as marketers in higher education, sometimes we get faced with these challenges of, okay, I have this content, how am I gonna spin this to do what I want it to do? This is that challenge. You know, How are you going to take what's on your campus already, what's in your campus culture, and fit it in that geek category? Maybe in that tattoo category. Is it a trend on your campus that students are getting your logo as a tattoo? I don't know, You know, maybe that's something that you can take advantage of um, to use on Pinterest because obviously it's resonating with a large audience. That's such a cool idea. And I have to say, like the geek category I love, and I love the technology category. Yes. Oh, that is so fun. And that's where I lose all my money is the technology. Yes. <laughs> and so what you're seeing, and actually what you see when you log into Pinterest, um, they kind of flipped their algorithm a little bit like Instagram did when they said, oh, we're not going to show you everything in real time. We're going to implement what's called a smart feed. And so you may be noticing if you use Pinterest a couple years ago, it looks a lot different then than it did now. Um, because now you're seeing, you know, if you're really into geek and technology, that's pretty much all you're going to see on your Pinterest feed. But for me, I like to pin recipes. I'm pretty cliche. I like to <laughs> pin recipes. I pin workouts. Um, you know, I try to go with, I try different diets. So I'll see like vegan and vegetarian and paleo options. And that's because of this smart feed. Um, Pinterest is seeing what you're looking at, what you're searching, what you're pinning. Um, and giving you information based on that. And so um, that's kind of the challenge for, for higher ed marketers is to kind of beat this smart feed, kind of how do I get my content in this mix? You know, if Jackie's only interested in fitness and food, how am I as an institution going to kind of get in there in her face? Um, there are paid options, which I can definitely talk about too. Um, and there's, you know, other strategies that you can use to kind of boost um, those pins that you're pushing out that might not be put directly in someone's smart feed based on their interests. Awesome. So what is the general strategy for implementing a Pinterest account and and for a campus? Yeah. Um, so I'll talk about my process um, that I used at Skidmore. Um, so my first thing is I, I looked at what we had um, because I was coming in and obviously one already existed and it was a conglomerate of what the old social media manager did and what a student was doing and then a different student. And so it was just kind of all over the place. So you wanna just take quick inventory of what's already there. 
Um, so are your boards super messy? Is there a board that only has one pin on it? Um, are the images really low quality? Are the links broken? That's a big thing. Um, or is it generally unorganized? Like you want to make yourself that list, like literally make yourself a list of what you want to clean up, kind of like a spring cleaning type list. And you can give that off even to your student worker um, if they want to start cleaning up a board for you or maybe rearranging. Um, it's really easy. And so once I kind of started to clean things up or at least made myself that list, um, I actually went over into our Google Analytics account because I was curious about what people were interested in on our site, on our EDU site. And so I went over to Google Analytics and um, if it is set up on your site or if you don't know what to do, just ask your web developer very nicely, which is what I did. <laughs> um, and you can check out what people are searching for through your search terms um, on your website. And I was finding really interesting things, you know, like jobs or um, jobs and careers was a big one. Um, a lot of our specific programs for students like, you know, study abroad and those types of things. Um, visit, campus map, those were really big searches. So it started to give me some ideas about, okay, these are the things that people are looking for on our site. How can we translate that into Pinterest content and how would this work well? Um, and so I also kind of looked at the other way. I looked at what was popular. We were talking about the geek category, you know, tattoos and all of that stuff. You know, what about um, the DIY section? Lots of DIY when you're in college. The college hacks is really popular. Um, so do you have like an art club or a craft club on campus that is producing these types of things that you could quickly connect with them, snap a few pictures, get their process, and then have that Pinterest content? Um, and then I thought about what was popular, at least for me, like I said, fitness um, is a big one. And a big thing that's popular on Pinterest with workouts are big infographics of, um, of workouts because Pinterest is a very visual platform. And so right now we're actually working with a designer um, who is basically skidmorizing um, workouts to put on our fitness board. And these workouts are actually workouts that are used by our sports teams. So I brought together our design team, our athletics team, and here um, in marketing to kind of make this a reality. Um, and so we have some great step-by-step uh, -step workouts that we're going to be um, producing for Pinterest. And your students are really good resources too if you're stuck, stuck for ideas. Um, you're going to want to ask them, you know, what's going to resonate with you? Um, and just remember that you want some really good visuals um, for those content uh, pieces that you're going to be pinning. Um, and I like to give myself lists. So if you kind of go through that process of, all right, what, can, what do we have? What could we get? And how can we make this unique to our campus? Um, give yourself a list of what you need for each of those boards specifically. So if, for example, our fitness board, I said, all right, I, you know, I want to make this board filled with workouts by Skidmore. Um, for that, I need to connect with our athletics team, specifically our different coaches, and ask them what those workouts are. And I need them in simple versions. I need them for people who maybe aren't you know, the most athletic. Um, I need them friendly. I also need to come up with some sort of concept. And I need to come up uh, with a plan with our designer as to what those are going to look like. So giving yourself that to-do list um, for each board is really helpful um, because it could get very overwhelming very quickly. You know, writing down your ideas for boards, you might come up with 30 boards, and that's great. That's that's awesome. Um, but I suggest starting with a very small number because it goes back to that quality over quantity. If you start off 30 Pinterest boards, you have to maintain those, um, and you need some content for those, and it might be more than you can handle by yourself. Um, because ideally, you know, I will say ideally, 
um, you're going to be pinning 10 to 20 pins a day, which is like, what? Amy even <laughs> mentioned it to me. Like, That's really scary. Like, uh, no, I'm not doing that, which is totally understandable, right? Like we have other things to be doing. Um, but this is where kind of that, uh, kind of finding those people on your campus to help you out is really important. Um, so maybe if our athletics team can take ownership of that fitness board working with our designer, great, that's less that I have to focus on. Um, and so starting with a small number of boards is really, really important um, because you wanna be able to, to build those and have them be really um, valuable to your audience before you move forward um, with creating different ones because then all of a sudden you have all these empty boards again and then you're back at square one, so you don't really wanna be there. <laughs> well, and if you have everyone on campus and you say, okay, housing, you post one thing every Wednesday and you know, at the academics you post one thing every, you know, whatever, Thursday, right. it's a lot more reasonable than you yourself having to post, you know, 10 a day. Yeah. So that's a really good point. And I was thinking about like some of the different boards, like just off the top of my head, if you are in an academic department, if you're working for the, the engineering department, you could post some of the research that you're doing, make a really cool graphic, put it on there, and then it ties back into how great, you know, it doesn't just have to be, you know, like if you think outside the box, there's so many great ways you can draw traffic to your website. A hundred percent. I mean, honestly, there's some that are, I would say low hanging fruit, like photography, right? Like everyone has those beautiful pictures of their campus. Hashtag sunsets, hello, like that's, <laughs> that's super easy. Um, so really just, you don't have to be crazy right off the bat. You don't have to, you know, like create skid more versions of fitness workouts. Um, but you can really take advantage of what's already on your campus, um, especially when you think about like your culture and just like the general vibe. That's really is what you're gonna wanna capture um, on Pinterest is the general feel of your campus. And again, like you were saying, get other people involved. Um, building those bridges and, and those relationships are really helpful um, when you start off a project like this. I love that. So what makes a good pin? Like yes. when I'm trying to put something together, what are the elements that I need? What like, guide me girl. <laughs> yes. Well, it's something that you learn. Um, much like I think all of us do when we do social media posts, we figure out what's working and what's not. And I can't say, you know, if you can't say for every single audience, this is going to be great, but I mean, number one, quality. Like you want a quality image, you want a quality graphic, um, you don't want it to be too small. Um, research has shown that graphics without faces tend to do better than those with faces in them. I'm not really sure why. Um, and they're normally on Pinterest, they're portrait style, which is kind of what marketers are not used to. We're used to a lot of landscape. Um, so trying to flip that into portrait. Now I'm not gonna say that if you had a landscape photo with my face in it, it wouldn't do well. In fact, it would do amazing, let's be real. Um, <laughs> but you know, that's in terms of the research, um, that's what they've noticed. Um, the portrait style makes a lot of sense because a lot of your users are on mobile yeah. and everyone's phone is, you know, big, tall rectangle, at least most of them are. So probably gonna switch in the future and then everything <laughs> will be upside down. But, um, you know, it's a lot more friendly for those mobile users. Um, and actually Pinterest does give more real estate to those portrait style uh, photos. So you get more out of the, uh, the length of it really than, than the width. So that's something interesting um, that we've noticed. Um, you're also going to want to include a description. Um, this is your test of how well you can write for SEO um, because, like I said, this is a big 
search tool, essentially. Um, and so you don't want, <laughs> you want to find the balance between jam packing every keyword you could possibly find and then making it just a terrible sentence. Um, but between that and actually getting those keywords in there, um, you know, especially your school's name, that's something really important. It may feel weird that you're constantly writing, you know, Skidmore College residence halls or Skidmore College, blah, blah, blah. But that pin on its own um, needs to be able to have that SEO uh, value there. Um, and you want to make it- for, that's smart. Right, exactly. And it's just one more way that your school is gonna get noticed. Um, you can use hashtags on Pinterest, but Pinterest actually kind of frowns on them. They say if you're gonna use hashtags, one is the maximum. Uh, the reason why they say this is because it already is doing that. It's already categorizing because you can choose a category for your pins. Um, so it's already doing that. So Pinterest really doesn't like hashtags. So don't feel like you need to get those in there. Um, and of course you want to make sure it goes somewhere. Um, Pinterest does allow you to pin only an image, but that's not super advantageous, especially when I'm looking back at our goals for Skidmore, we want people to land on our .edu page. So you wanna drive them to a place um, that they that is relevant to the pin. Um, that's something big too. If you're gonna post um, you know, some great photos of maybe your residence halls on campus, don't drive them to skidmore.edu, drive them to specifically residence life, or even better if you have a page for that residence hall, drive them there um, because they wanna be specifically what they clicked on. Um, that's where they wanna land. So you don't wanna drive them somewhere that's irrelevant or broken, obviously check that it's not a broken link. <laughs> no, that's a really, really good call. So, so you talked a little bit about like the feed. So how do we yes. beat that smart feed and like make sure that our stuff gets noticed? Yeah, um, so like I said, Pinterest is a lot different in a lot of ways than like Facebook and Twitter and even Instagram. Because on Facebook, we post something and we measure its engagement after a couple days. Twitter, we measure engagement after like an hour maybe, maybe two, um, depending on what time of day it is. But Pinterest pins are nothing like that. <laughs> so it's a lot to learn. Um, pins, some of them might get traction right away, but most of them take weeks, months, several months to actually pick up traffic um, because of this smart feed. And so it is, it could be a little discouraging. You know, you post this great pin, you're super pumped about it, and you see it sitting at zero repins for weeks. And you're like, oh, is this even worth it? But honestly, keep it there um, because it will start to gain traction. And so what I learned is you want to build out a calendar. Now you can either do this in, in a year or if you want to just take it three months at a time or the semester at a time. You wanna think about your calendar, but you almost wanna shift it up like three months. So for example, right now it's August, students are moving in soon. Okay, what types of things are they interested in right now? They're interested in how to decorate my dorm room. They're interested in what types of books should I buy? What are some apps that I need? You know, those types of things. But that stuff I should have been posting two months ago because I wanted to gain traction for right now. So right now I'm pinning things that are more focused on the middle of the school year. So I have pins that just got posted about how to organize your notebook for class, um, how to study for midterms, as weird as that sounds. Um, it might feel weird to start pinning uh, spring break opportunities in January, but that's what you wanna start thinking about is, okay, what are people gonna be interested in two to three months from now not right this second. 
So if you start on Pinterest right now, you may feel like you're missing the boat because you have some great summer content, but I would say hold on to that until next year. I know that's hard to think about, um, but you want to hold on to it because you want to start posting at relevant times. That's really kind of how you help to get yourself noticed um, in that smart feed. And it's smart because in higher ed, we know when everything's going to happen. Right. You know, it's like we know when finals are. We know when students are moving in. Like we're the one of the few industries when, like, we actually predict when our busy patterns are. So exactly. that's that's really smart. You can create the yep. calendar and just say, hold this stuff for next year. Exactly. Yeah. And there's tons of like, even though we have the larger higher ed cycle, there's smaller cycles within that. If you think about like the admissions cycle, when right. are students looking at colleges? How can we take that? type of information about students just starting the college search, how do we put that into our calendar? Or even like being recruited for sports. Um, that's another one. And so thinking about that life cycle of students, um, you know, when they're graduating, they're, they're thinking about getting a job, they're looking, I mean, they're looking at that stuff, hopefully early, you know, in like March, April. So you're posting about that in like December, January. Um, so you want to start thinking about that calendar um, pretty early <laughs> um, when you start up. That's awesome. Great. So you talked a little bit before about we can like pay to promote our twin, uh, our pins. So how does that beat the feed? How does that work? Can we control who we promote it to? You can. Um, so I've been just starting to kind of experiment with promoting your pins um, and thinking about my calendar um, in that sense. So I actually have built myself two calendars. One is kind of what I'm pinning now um, based on what is coming in the future. And then one about what I'm promoting now, meaning what are people searching for right now? So people are searching right now, like we said, you know, maybe they're thinking about their dorm room, so we're posting about that stuff, but things to do over the summer. We're lucky, we're here in Saratoga, New York, so we have our racetrack, which brings a lot of people in, so that's something I'm taking advantage of. Um, and so you can pay to promote those. And the first step, if any, is to be sure that you have a business account. If you do not have a business account yet, uh, change your account to a business account. Totally free, it's like three clicks. Um, and you can do that, and then you'll be given access to this kind of advertisement section. What's the difference between a business account and a regular account? So the business account basically gives you access to more analytics, which I would definitely recommend, as well as this promotion um, opportunity. And I'm pretty sure the way you do it is you just have to verify your email or your, uh, your website. It's very, very simple. Awesome. Um, and so it'll give you access to a lot more insight. Um, as well as advertising opportunities. So it's really nice. Um, and when you do that, you can actually target, you asked about who do you target. Um, you can target by category or they call it interest, but it's exactly the list that you'll see when you're on Pinterest. So again, like the geek category, um, technology, humor, history, all of those things, um, you can target that way. But then you can also type in your own keywords. Um, so basically, if someone searches that keyword, you can type, uh, you can target based on that keyword. So of course, we always look to get more college. That's always a big one. But then of course, describing the pin. Um, and essentially, I mean, once you're in there, you'll see the options that you have. But essentially, it's a bidding type of uh, promotion, kind of what we're all familiar with, with things like Twitter and Facebook, where you're bidding, um, either you can bid per click or CPM, um, and then you can set your budget and uh, date span however you want. But I would recommend experimenting, seeing what works best. Um, you can kind of create mini campaigns where you're promoting multiple pins, or you can just pro promote one pin. Um, at a time, but you can see what's working best for you um, and seeing, you know, maybe people didn't really like that 
helpful information about how to organize your room. How can we change this? Is the image bad? Is the description not that great? There's ways that you can enhance those. Awesome. So going into what you said about like, how do you know what is working? Yes. You know, Cause the only engagement that I see is like repins or likes or like, how do you, yeah, so obviously repinning um, is essentially someone saying, hey, this is really cool, I wanna keep this to read for later. Um, and liking is just a quick like saying that was cool. Um, so those are the, the things that you see right away. There is a comment feature that I will say, I haven't seen too many people take advantage of. Um, Pinterest does provide analytics, like I said, when you get that business account. I personally don't think they're super deep. They give you good insight, um, but I always, I'm a big numbers girl. So like, I wanna know like specifics, I wanna be able to dig in. Um, and there are some tools out there that provide really good analytics. Um, and you can search those straight through Google. Um, some of them are uh, paid, I don't know if there's too many free ones. Um, but I always say that as long as you're measuring consistently, um, so you're picking something to measure and benchmarking appropriately, um, you'll be able to understand what's working and what's not. Um, Pinterest does show you what pins are doing well. Um, you'll be able to get a snapshot of what's happening inside of your account. But it does show you what traffic is coming from your website. Um, so for example, if there's a picture of you know happy smiley students on your website and someone says that's a cool picture and they pin it um, you'll actually be able to see that traffic and how that's actually working um, for your website so people might be pinning right off of your site which is something to consider too I mean that's a whole different discussion about images on your website but think about the ways that you know some of those images could do well um, on Pinterest too awesome uh -huh. so have you seen an increase in traffics like since you've been doing like website traffic since you've been doing yeah. So it's been really interesting. And, and like I said, I'm trying to drive people specifically where they need to be based on the pin they select. Um, so we have a couple pins that drive you to our student academic services site because we're talking about how to organize your notebook, how to work in a group. Um, and traffic for those sites, especially in the summer, are pretty pretty low um, just because our current students you know aren't really focusing on classwork yet but you do see those spikes um, and you can actually determine where your pins are coming from a lot of different ways I mean Google Analytics is a gold mine of information um, if you take the time to go through it but you can also use what is called Google's UTM builder it's a universal tracking code um, and I actually started using it pretty much exclusively um, with social media um, but essentially, you're adding unique codes to kind of the back end of your URL for your website, and you can describe what uh, what the pin was that you uh, linked this uh, website to. You can talk about if it's from Pinterest, and then what I've done is I have basically created consistent tagging um, mechanisms that work for me. Um, and now I can go into Google Analytics and say, okay, let me see how many people were coming from Pinterest. Let me see how many people were coming from this board. Um, so you can sort yourself out that way through Google Analytics as well. That's awesome. So so this is a lot of information, right? And <laughs> I, I, I'm getting so excited about all these different things we can do, but like it's like, okay, like where, where do we start? So what are some things that like I could do or we all could do right now to get 
started on a better Pinterest if yeah. you already have one. Yeah, it is. It's a lot to think about off the bat, especially when you're thinking about like, oh wow, I have all these ideas. Like, where do I start? Um, be sure that your your Skidmore, your uh, school's website is verified um, on Pinterest. That's a big one um, because sometimes what ends up happening is if you have an unverified site and there's a lot of pins coming from that website. Pinterest might actually mark that as spam, and so you don't want that. <laughs> so you oh. want to be able to, yeah, you want to be able to be sure that you're cool with Pinterest, um, and that will also help with the uh, business process, getting that business account. And I would say starting with an audit, see what you have now, um, and say, okay, what can we get rid of? What can we maybe repurpose? And what is really, really good um, that we can keep? And like I was saying, it's because it's such, it's so not a social media tool, um, it's more of a search tool, you really have to know that this is going to take you some time. Um, this is not like Twitter where you can just jump in and start tweeting. It's not like Facebook where you just upload a profile picture and go. You are going to have a long process going forward. Um, and just knowing that, okay, let's reassess our, um, our analytics and let's reassess our engagement three months from now and see if this is helpful versus let's assess this next week um, because that's going to give you a very different view of how well your pins are doing um, because again those pins do take some time to gain some traction. That's awesome. So before we get into our last uh, uh, topic, if anyone does want to ask any questions, you can do that on Twitter using hashtag higher ed live. Um, and then we'll try to uh, ask Jackie before we finish. Yeah. So um, with our last question, um, are there any specific online resources that are especially helpful? Yeah, so I've found um, a great, I've, I've promise I'm not like getting any sponsorship for this or whatever, but um, there is a website called Tailwind. They're actually a listening slash scheduling tool. I mentioned that there are scheduling tools. Um, Tailwind is one of them. Uh, they, I do not use Tailwind to schedule. I do uh, pin my own pins um, in real time, so it is some time for me. Um, but they offer an incredible number of free resources um, for anyone. You do not have to be a user of Tailwind. You can also do a seven-day demo um, of Tailwind, so that'll actually allow you to get in there and see some analytics that they provide. Um, so that'll help you give a baseline, too. Um, but Tailwind is great. Follow them on Facebook. They do a bunch of Facebook Lives uh, where they answer questions about Pinterest and strategy, um, and they have an incredible blog um, base and a new kind of learning center where you can essentially kind of take mini online classes about Pinterest. Um, so those are, are really great resources that I would recommend. Um, if you're looking for another listening slash scheduling tool, I would recommend Viral Woot, V-I-R-A-L W-O-O-T. Um, yeah. they, are, they are a cool um, scheduler tool as well. So if you want to kind of take that off your plate and really jump into Pinterest and, and pin those 10 to 20 times a day, getting a scheduling tool is going to help you do that. Um, Buffer also has Pinterest integration, I believe. Um, and there is what they call hashtag pin chat. All of us are very familiar with these Twitter chats. Uh, so Wednesdays at 9 o'clock PM Eastern time um, is pin chat on, on uh, Twitter. So uh, you can actually get involved in the conversation. And that's going to be a bunch of different kind of people uh, talking about Pinterest and what they do with it. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I would like to thank you so much for your time and giving us all your advice. Um, we've tried our best to keep up with some of the, the tweets and some of your key points. I'm so excited to check out a lot of those tools that you, you gave us. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate being here. 
Yeah, and then everyone who's watching this, make sure you check out this rock star at Higher Ed Web. She is going to be an awesome, I mean, she's always already an awesome Come meet me. It's I want to meet you. <laughs> Great. Well, so thank you always to our program sponsor, uh, M. Stoner, and thank you for joining us today. Make sure to check out more shows from Higher Ed Pros on higheredlive.com, and we'll see you next time.